Grow Great is a city government leadership podcast with Lisa Norris and me, Randy Cantrell. Each week we share insights, experiences, and wisdom to help you and your leadership grow great. Our website is growgreat.com. We talk about change. We've talked about leadership. We've talked about adversity in leadership, and it brings out a true character and a true picture of a person. Um, But now it's time again. I thought we'd pull back the curtains because Randy has just gone through change yet again. (laughs) And I've just gone through change. There was an announcement made uh, today in my new role of a new kind of task I'm taking on. And some challenging news, which ultimately is good, but, you know, it's uh, it challenges us. So I thought we'd Randy talk today. Um, I'll kind of share mine first and then you can pop in. Um, So today we had uh, the CMO had talked with me. uh, For those that haven't been following, I I became managing director, which is kind of like an ACM role, an assistant city manager role back in October, given HRIT. airport and general services, which is fleet and facilities. Um, And then um, they've talked to me this past week and we're removing HR from my scope in order to give me um, some other big, big projects for which I don't have any exposure knowledge. It's going to be learning it from scratch. Um, So, of course, having 27 years over HR and a passion you know, that 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 hurts you a little, hoping you can give to them, hoping you can give, but I'm still here, so I can still share knowledge. And ultimately, I don't want that to negatively affect the new HR director where I I was over that group for so long and anything that I might be trying to do to give knowledge or share knowledge, it could be perceived as kind of, you know, um, getting in their business. And I never want somebody to feel like that. So overall... I think the move is excellent uh, for her to report to somebody else. Um, She's actually reporting to Cheryl, my boss. And then I've been given leases. And so I'm going to be working on managing the lease process and trying to help navigate that, uh, improve upon it, figure out tracking, how we need to manage those. And it's pretty huge. I think my understanding is there's about 140 plus of those in the city that's just knowledge that has been shared. I don't know if it's accurate. I know nothing about leases other than signing an apartment lease one time <laughs> and having a mortgage. Right. So, you know, that's something I'm going to have to explore um, and figure figure out. That, to my point, is life changes. Like, while it was hurtful initially that I'm going to lose HR only because I lived in that arena for so long, when you take a breath, it's really great for the department and the person to make it their own and for me not unintentionally to send any other message Um, because they're great people. All of them are great people. And I would never want that feeling felt, even if I don't know if it has been or not, but I wouldn't want it that way because I care for the people like my family. I mean, they're my work family. So as we navigate change, I saw this quote and I, uh, Randy, you know, I sent it to you today because it was perfect timing. Sometimes our lives have to be completely shaken up, changed, and rearranged to locate us to the place we're meant to be. We talked a while back with me building a home in Oklahoma for our retirement. 
I'm living in my mom's house, planned to live with her for a couple of years. She suddenly had to go into assisted living. My father passed. Life has been disrupted. And we've also talked recently about how through adversity, you have to, uh, you know, how, how I respond to it, how we as leaders respond is everything. That's what is within our control. The decision is not. The decision imposed upon us is not within our control, but it is hard. You know, it's it's hard um, to to hear, but the reaction is key. It doesn't make us perfect in the moment, but um, for me, I thought we kind of talk about that today because you know, once you take a breath and say, "Okay, how can how can I choose to react to this?" and I've always talked about everything as an opportunity. Doesn't mean it was any less painful in the moment. But it is the best decision for the group. And I really see this as an opportunity to learn a lot of new areas in a role for me that is really something I've wanted. So why would I not want to get challenged? I think that's what this is all about. And I'm eager to learn. Yeah. You know, when we were talking about this earlier to prepare for today's show, uh, and I'm I'm physical evidence of change. So I'm in Arkansas right now, but we left Dallas Fort Worth and it was 92 degrees. And like yesterday was, or day before was something, you know, it was hot. It was hot. Yeah. Short, short and t-shirt weather. <laughs> yeah. Oh, big time. Yeah. Big time. And then overnight here, you know, it, it it's like, no, You're in a jacket not, and a beanie it, again. It's like winter. We're not. Yeah. I'm like, well, I'm thinking I can retire this beanie for this year. Or for this winter season? <laughs> no, no, not yet. No, nope, so no. Nope. Blink it, and the weather will change. Got stinking cold and the wind is just howling. And so, yeah, I look like I'm coming to you from the North Pole. I'm not. Uh, yeah. Listen, very few of us just willingly go in and, and make a change. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I'm not saying that you and I don't and other people high performers don't, but by and large, we do things when we're kind of forced to, you know, that person that's got bad eating habits or bad fitness or health habits, they have some health event and they're sitting in front of a cardiologist and they're being read the riot act about how serious their condition is. And it's a wake up call. And throughout life we have wake up calls, uh, Earlier today, I met with some of the leaders in Grand Prairie uh, who are part of this leadership development program, and these are called mentors. And my last question before we hung up, I said, I just got one question. I want your answer, and then we're going to bail out. This was on a Zoom call. And I said, have most of your dreams come true? Three of them said, yeah. Now, here's the big shocker. I asked this question a whole lot throughout the past, throughout my years of, of doing this kind of work, coaching. And I've, I've yet to have anybody tell now, keep in mind, here's the, here's where the bias comes in. Here's where the statistical accuracy loses its, its vigor because I'm dealing with high performers. A hundred percent, a hundred percent say, yeah. And so when you stop and think about it, now we got these moments in time like Lisa experienced because I mean, 
she's 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 been so deeply entrenched in the HR world and in the moment it feels like one thing and now with a few days sleep and some perspective and some deeper context it feels a bit different than it did in that moment and uh well I don't know I'll ask you I mean by and large have most of your ambitions or dreams been realized? Absolutely. Life and work. Yeah, you know, and so I'm going to I'm going to intertwine in our story here about this change and and lives completely being shaken up because I don't want people to misunderstand uh, Lisa and I both are optimistic. You know, we're not I wouldn't describe us as, you know, wild-eyed optimistic as far as okay we're just always going to be come on we're human uh, we we we've got downsides and and we don't always we don't always handle it maybe as you said in the moment that optimism that is but it's out of those challenges that all of my growth has come mm-hmm. i mean i'd love to tell you man man climb to the top of the mountain because that's where all the lessons are now the lessons are all that crap you have to deal with to get to the top yeah, it's in the climb. It's in the climb yeah. itself. Yeah. And so I think the good thing is it's it's one easy barometer that I think you could probably lean on somewhat to determine whether you're a high performer or not. If you question whether you are a high performer or not, then face the reality of how you react to when your life is shaken up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a choice. You, yeah, and if you immediately go to blame and man, if only for this person or that person or this circumstance, my life would be everything I wanted it to be, then you you probably have your answer. You're probably not a high performer. And sad to say, you may never be if you keep that attitude. Um, me, I, yeah, life throws you curveballs. Uh, my mom is 91. My dad's 100. My mom's health is poor and failing. And she just required a level of care that my sister was just no longer able to provide. They live fairly close to my sister in the DFW area. And um, so to take a little bit of a load off my sister, who was then having to undergo some foot surgery, so she was going to be kind of incapacitated for a period of time. So we brought my dad over here to Arkansas. He had never been over here. Um, He'd been to Arkansas before, but he hadn't been to our house. And so we dragged him over here for about three weeks. And, uh, you know, and it, it was, it was fine. You would think, okay, well, he's a hundred, but yeah, but he's in way better health. You know, he really doesn't have any issues balance. Come on. He's a hundred and hearing are, are the two, are the two obstacles. Um, you know, and so it, I don't want to, it, it's not like it threw him. It didn't throw a monkey. Or, it's just, it was just an unplanned thing that now, okay. Here's what we need to do. Here's what we need to do as adult kids caring for aging parents. And here's what we need to do to team up and get together. And obviously her husband's involved and my wife is involved and, and that's all, that's all positive, but you just have this plan. And so I, I talked to Lisa and I said, okay, well, I've, we've got some things scheduled uh, with Grand Prairie. And I said, okay, these are important to me. So I'm, I'm going to kind of get my, my calendar it it just it was a disruption in the calendar and and a little bit of just a little bit of chaos and i'm not a i'm not a plate spinner 
plate spinner being defined as somebody that just got to have a lot of irons in the fire, always got a lot going on, just, you know, harem scare him kind of. I just, that's not who I am. That it's is not, not you. It that is, is not, not Randy. No, it is not how, <laughs> it is so not how I roll. You know, I'm pretty thoughtful, pretty intentional, pretty purposeful, uh, very strategic, uh, thinking ahead, two or three moves, got a long-term thing. I'm very flexible in the journey between here and there because I know that if I take one step, I'm going to learn some things and that very well may alter the next step and the next step, which is why I've never really understood the people that are hung up on everything going according to plan. And it's just not the way it's just not the way life works. I'm thankful for the shakeup because to your point, I think it is an opportunity and I think it's a big, big opportunity for us to, you know, I, I steal that line from the, the famous joke that Ronald Reagan always told and loved, you know, it's an opportunity for us to find the pony. I mean, for me, the theme of that line, that quote, okay, find the pony. Can you find the pony? The joke is really simple. Parents have twin boys, little boys, one huge optimist, the other horrible pessimist. Go to the therapist. Therapist says, well, I'd like to try an experiment. Parents say, that's fine. He takes the pessimistic kid into a room filled with all of this kid's favorite toys. And the kid immediately breaks out crying. He gets down on one knee, eye to eye with this kid and says, what, what is wrong? I, I mean, these are the, your favorite toys. Every, any toy in here, every toy in here is your, your favorite. And you're not playing with any of them. The kid's just bawling his eyes out. I'm afraid I'll break one. Okay. Well, that didn't work. So in to the optimist room, he walks with the little boy and this room is just filled with horse crap. And this kid is just gleeful and he is diving in with both hands. Well, now the therapist just does not understand the optimism of this kid. And so he leans down to this kid and he says, okay, I, I have no clue what is going on here. Why are you so happy? He said, sir, with all this horse crap, there's got to be a pony in here somewhere. So there's your punchline. The punchline is in the midst of the shakeup, in the midst of the changes, in the midst of schedules, have, you know, schedule, position, job, family. I mean, whatever it is that is shaking you up, can you find the pony? You yep. can. I guess a better question is, will well, you find the pony? The question is, yeah. It, it always comes down to um, the opportunity versus a threat, in my opinion. I, and, and as I talk to people, do you see things as an opportunity or threat? Now, I'm a realist and you know me. In the moment, what I'm, we all have reactions. We're human, right? Um, was there a little disappointment? Was there questioning myself? Of course. I just want to make, I'm in a new role for four months. I want to be doing a good job. So I was like, man, did I do something wrong? Did I, you know, that well, kind of thing. That's for, natural. And you're hearing it for the first time. So it's all in real time. That's correct. And so I have to look at that. Doesn't matter the, for any of us. Doesn't matter the delivery. Doesn't matter what you hear. Doesn't matter how it was said. For me, and I can only speak to me, what I have to then do, certainly I'm going to assess 
um, what I heard. But just like I've, you know, I've talked to my kids over time. I've talked to um, many employees in my 27 years in, in my career about what are you in control of? I'm not in control of the message. I'm not in control of the decision. What I am in control of is how I react to that. But you also have high self-awareness and know that you're a processor, meaning I am. Mm-hmm. you need time to, I need time to absorb this and think about it. That's right. That's right. And, and um, sometimes that's overnight. Sometimes it's in the moment. Um, ultimately, I wanted this opportunity in this particular role to learn and grow in my career. And that's exactly what I feel will happen. Uh, I choose to learn this. I choose to explore it. I also tried to hear the words, the words said and assess those, right? What was said and what do I need to try? I'm a continual, I have a continual desire to improve always as a leader. Um, whether I agree with anything or not in my past, currently, as you coached me, um, as you're given input from different people, I want to be a better leader today than I was yesterday, a little at a time. And that takes time to develop. And um, for me, you know, what that means is I know I know the path that I set with my team. I try to communicate that path so they know what I'm doing and it's intentional. For me, that is my team um, knows that I was trying to develop trust and relationships first. That was my goal for the first four months, just develop trust and relationships um, because I'm, you know, uh, in in my case, Tasha, the new HR director, was a newer director with us. She had been with us three years past, trying to develop, develop trust there in her role and allowing it to be her department. Um, and then learning general services, fleet and facilities, learning CIP projects. I knew nothing uh, about that, having to learn how those work. So I told them I'm going to be asking a ton of questions initially to understand this. And then as we have moved through that now, I've been meeting with them and saying, okay, now that I now that I know all your projects, I feel comfortable in where we're going and how it's operating and how you work and how I work. We respect each other because they're all different. They all operate differently. Um, but I told them now I'm starting to pull back, but I need you to keep this going. I need you to... So what we've been working on, like one group, I'm working on communication. That was a challenge we explored together. And I said, there needs to be better communication specifically, um, generally overarching, like to directors. We just, we need to do a better job of staying in front of it rather than reacting on the back end. And, and, and I'm, I'm always a leader that tells them, you know, what my path is and what I'm looking for. So they know. And so on this particular one, I said, you know, what I, what I need you to do is now continue this. Do not fall back. You need to take this and roll with it harder as you move forward. That's what I'm going to be watching for. And they understood that. And, um, you know, another leader I'm working on engagement and working with their teams and things like that. So it's nice to have gone on that four months and say, okay, I think the trust, I think the trust is there. Um, now I'm pulling back to say, okay, and I told him, just bring your top five projects to me. But if there's anything that changes on the other 50 projects you're working on, just keep me informed in case I, I get asked by CMO so I can support that and maybe limit a question that has to flow down, right? 
So those are the things, you know, as leaders, we're always working on how to improve. So I knew the path, but I've got to make sure now with information shared with me where they see I can improve, that I'm assessing that and making sure one, how do I need to improve that? Two, what does that mean? Is it is it just a misunderstanding of what I'm doing or how I'm doing it? Or is it legitimately a gap? I'm having to kind of figure all that out. Um, and but But for me, it was said. So I feel like if it's seen as a gap, I need to improve the gap. It's that simple. Uh, I want to do a good job by the team that I report to. So I have to figure out ways to make that happen um, and and improve whether that's me, whether that's the message, whether that's the uh, story, the narrative that I'm not telling well. Um, those are the things that we have to assess and that changes as all of this changes around me uh, and I'm growing. So again, I look at it as an opportunity. Um, I want to stay positive. I want to continue obviously contributing well. And all I can do is learn more and grow more. And what on earth could that hurt? It didn't hurt no, anything. No, no. Well, the challenges are, are, are what make us stronger you know, I think that I think for a lot of people, the the big difficulty is we've we have figured this thing out. So for you, HR, we've you've, you figured this out and being at a city the size of Grand Prairie over the course of your directorship, which was a lot of years, mm -hmm. you'd seen you'd seen it. You'd, you'd seen it most all. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're. I would say it was probably a rare experience that you saw something that you'd never seen before because you were in the game for so long. And so that provokes a comfort zone. You just, mm -hmm. I got this figured out, you know, I've got this. Now all of a sudden you see, you see a sports metaphor, you see a pitch that you've never seen before. Mm -hmm. You know how to hit every other ball cause you've seen them all, but okay, now here comes one and I've never seen this. And now this muscle of having to figure it out because I think that's the game. Mm -hmm. I, it's all over the website, all of my work. I just summarize it in. I'm just here to try to help people figure it out. I think the big game for high performers like us and our audience is when you've got it figured out to keep on challenging yourself or putting yourself in situations or hopefully serendipity happens and you get these situations that do continue to test you and do continue to make you evolve. I mean, I, I particularly think about older people in, in my, in my demographic who in various roles 20 years ago, they're not the same. They're fundamentally the same people personality wise, but, but they've changed, you know, they, mm -hmm. they've modified, they've, I think there's this agility to learning that deserves probably its own episode or, or three that really can help us in our high performance leadership. We have got to have an agility to learn that trumps the average bear. If we're going to be superior leaders, that is, we've got to have a flexibility. We've got to have, we've got to have muscles that, that we can, Speaking of muscles, every muscle in my body hurts. 
Yeah, you it, haven't told me yet about your change, yeah, but we'll, talk, you know, we'll address that later. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> we moved, and, and I think some of this is to the point of of training ourselves. So Lisa goes from being an HR director, longstanding HR director, in the same city, has known all of the players for decades, and now is in a new role that, is a little murky because mm-hmm. everybody's trying to figure this out. These yeah, not, are, it's not really been defined. It's just no. like, here's your four departments, go forth and lead, <laughs> you right. know, which is fine. Right. Which we do well, that and, most and, of the time, right? And the workflow there, the pace at every city is kind of crazy. In bigger cities like Grand Prairie, it's even crazier. And so it was, it was about efficiency. The goal's the goals are and were always honorable and just trying to figure this out. And so what's happening is you're, you're, you're witnessing leadership figure this out in real time, mm-hmm. which is by the way, a very rare opportunity. I mean, a really rare opportunity because most things are, this is how it is. This is how it's going to be. And, and this isn't that, you know, so this yeah, is what I am. Yeah. What I'm thankful for here is they're letting me figure it out. They didn't say you were only to do X, Y, and Z. Right. They gave me complete empowerment. I know I need to, I need to be at a certain level, and that's going to be evolving because I'm learning. Yeah. Um, but you're exactly right. It's it's figuring it out in real time. And and I think there's some training involved there. Mm-hmm. You're not just going to go out and run. What is a marathon? Twenty six point something. You're not just going to mm-hmm. you're not just going to wake up one day and I'm going to run. I'm running marathons. Mm-hmm. You got to train to get to that point where you have that capacity and you're, that's exactly what's happening to you. So Lisa's in charge of this department. She's a subject matter expert. And now she's going into four, four areas of business. One of which she's a subject matter expert. The other three relatively clueless, mm-hmm. inexperienced. That doesn't mean she can't do it, but then there's that growth that has to happen that I know that you've been challenged with of, okay, how do you go from the belief that part of my value is established in the fact that I am a subject matter expert. And if you're going to be a director of HR, let's make no mistake about it. You got to be, you got to be a subject matter expert, but you get to CMO. There's so many moving parts. No, you need you need industry specific experts on your team. You don't have to be one, but right. it's that age old thing. What got us here won't get us there, but we don't know that until we learn it. Mm-hmm. And we all, we all have to learn it. And Lisa's in the midst of, of learning that. Now you got to have enough. She and I've talked about this uh, offline a lot. You know, she's, she, you got to learn vocabulary. Every little, every little industry has their own little, vocabulary. And so just so that I you learn can, politics. Yeah. And just so that you can understand each other and communicate with one another, you kind of have to learn those things, but you know, and Lisa being the lifelong learner that she is, uh, wants to more deeply understand it. And I think you very quickly have realized, okay, that director, they know their stuff and they got other people that know their stuff. And I need to know stuff at just a different altitude. Mm-hmm. But if you've never flown at that altitude, you don't know that. And people can tell you till the cows come home how it's going to feel and what it's going to be like. It doesn't matter. 
and until you until you get out and try to run 26 miles, you don't know what running 26 miles looks like or feels like. Mm-hmm. And exactly I think right. there's a lot of that. Thankfully, leadership in her city, um, and they're frankly they're they're kind of in the same boat. You know, they're they're in a learning curve themselves, and so that to me is pretty exciting because you're all in it together. You're experiencing it together. You're figuring it out together. And I've told everybody that I work with inside the city and even people outside the city. I mean, as an outsider in a role that I have, yeah, I couldn't be more optimistic for the future, for all of y'all's future and for the future of the city. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, the, there's so many, as you talk about it, unless you've gone through it, it sounds simple. It sounds like it's painful. you're in a new role. Just, just lead the role, lead the people. The problem is problem. There's many different personalities at work. Problem. I don't know the businesses. <laughs> I don't need to know the business. I just need to know enough to support what they need from me. Yeah. But so look at your, how attitude. do I support them? But look at what you just said versus how you felt like day one or week one. Mm-hmm. And part of that, I think, and it probably is worth some conversation with this topic of the changes that is what degree of confidence can we have? And I don't know of anything to be confident in except our own ability. Yeah. I mean, I, I have confidence in myself to fight through it and figure exactly. it out. The challenge is, you know, all of us, and we talk, I think you and I have talked about this. I don't think anybody wakes up on any given day at this city or any city or any job saying, man, I hope I go in there and do a really crappy job today. I hope I let a bunch of people down and just make mistakes. (laughs) Nobody's doing that. We want to do a good job, high performers for sure. I want to be proud of myself. I want to be proud of my team. I want my team successful. I want to provide support and insight to them so they can do their jobs well. Um, Those are things that we want to happen. The challenge is that I found as you go higher and higher in the organization, it's the ability to um, gain insight is even more challenging because there's even less time. So sometimes when I'm needing, I just need to know, Am I on the right track? It's hard to even track down somebody for five minutes and say, hey, this is what I'm thinking. Am I right. <laughs> am I right. heading in the right direction? Would you not do that for some reason? Because I'm learning the political climate. I didn't have to deal with that in HR. HR, right. we didn't have to deal with counsel uh, other than, you know, medical and dental benefits. Right. Yeah, yeah. And the team did that. I didn't have to do that much like now. I didn't have to be the expert as a director. I mean, I had to have expertise. But I trusted my team and that I would help educate them as they needed it. Um, Here, as I'm needing to be educated, it's more and more difficult to gain that insight just for sake of time because everybody is so busy. So you have to not only do you have to find ways to move forward, but I try to get confirmation so I'm not messing up on the back end without even knowing it. Um, So. Now I'm finding myself kind of laying out one pagers of here's what I plan to do. Is that on track for the time I can get with, you know, Cheryl's super busy too. For my one hour meeting with her once a week, here's what I, here's my top five. Am I missing something? 
This is what I plan to do. Am I heading in the right direction? So that becomes a challenge in and of itself of you're working with different personalities. I'm a different personality, how they learn, how they teach, how I teach. They can all be different. Um, So you have to really, like any leader, approach each of my directors differently. I'm trying to learn their styles. I'm trying to learn what motivates and drives them. I'm trying to learn what they want to accomplish in uh, their career. So I'm starting to see that for them. Um, On leases, I'm trying to figure out a way without getting in the way because it's a big project. I don't want to get in the way of people, but I don't have to be the subject matter expert on leases. I need to just figure out what the process is, the gaps are, and the solutions, and then be able to go, okay, how can we solve for that? That doesn't mean I have to solve for it. I just need to identify the problem with the people managing the process and make it better for them. That's my goal, right? Yeah, and all of this takes time. Oh, my gosh. It all takes time, so it all takes a a huge degree of patience for us to keep just to keep at it. I mean, there, there is this tipping point. The problem with the tipping point is we don't know where it is. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's this ambiguous thing out there. It's like, well, am I closer to the goal or am I closer to where I started? And sometimes you don't know. And so I do think that you have to go a little bit on faith and confidence that Mm -hmm. to your point, if, if I'm headed in the right direction, then just keep on swimming. That's right. Keep, Keep on swimming. Well, all I can do. How close you are, you certainly don't want to quit too soon. Not that you're going to quit, but you know what I'm saying. You don't want to give up. You don't want to lose heart. You know, until you get there. It's challenging because you and I have always talked about it. Styles of individuals are completely different. Um, Just generally, I'm not saying at CMO level, although we're all a little different. You're going to have people that are similar, people that are different. My teams are completely different. What I have the the hardest part often to navigate for anybody I found when a challenge is presented to them is we each automatically go to how I would have, how I would have done it. And if the other person doesn't react the same as I would have done it, it becomes so easy to place judgment and go, why aren't you just, you should just, why don't you just, (laughs) you know, and you, and I, for me, I try to understand the problem and what, What do you need me to solve? You call it your ideal outcome. I have learned to ask that question. What is the ideal outcome on the lease project? What is the ideal outcome for this? If If I was to be successful at the end of the day, what does that look like? So that I know what that end goal is. I do not expect CMO to tell me how to get there. That is my job. I need to figure out how to get there. And how one person may have approached it may be completely different than another person. That becomes the hardest navigation I've found is because people want us, I found myself doing that where, well, what I would do is blah, 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 blah. Well, that may not be what they do. You can still get to point B from point A. You may just go A to A.1 to A.2. Another person may go straight A to B. They're all probably successful. They just got there differently and that's fine. Um, But that becomes that, you know, Randy, in my, my life, whether it's personal or work, that is often the biggest challenge is the perceptions and perspectives of different people and how they think it might should be done versus how you may get there as well. And Mm -hmm. allowing everybody to navigate that in a way that works for them. That that's really hard sometimes, you know, it's really hard, especially with me being a processor. I have to, 
the challenge, uh, it doesn't make it bad. It just, for me, I have to understand uh, a little bit of depth in what, what the problem is, what's driving the problem. And then what do you, like when I ask directors, just tell me enough. Okay. Do you have, you know, the contracts, do you have the lease? Do you have the, how do you make payments? Because if I don't understand that, as you say, when you're curious, I can't ask great questions if I don't know where the problems exist and where they, uh, what's working well. I need to understand some scope to be able to ask better questions, to get better answers, to gain the knowledge I need, to understand the process and then solve for the process with the team, not me solving it, but having the team solve it. It, it is a cooperative effort of understanding that that's how I work. I don't have to do the work myself, but I do have to understand what you're doing to ask the questions that get us to a solution as a team. And that has always worked for me. Sure. So now this far into the journey and with the context that you are a processor, what advice have you got? I mean, what steps? So you see it, you see, I'll stick with my pitching metaphor. So you see this pitch that you've never seen before and it's, mm -hmm. And it's a challenge and you're in uncharted water that you have never navigated before. And so now looking back from the time that you were given this new position, I mean, can you share with us what, what are some lessons that you've learned and some things that you could suggest for somebody that may be wired like you are full well knowing that we're all wired differently, but maybe we can learn something from it. Well, for me, it's, it's staying focused on, as um, as feedback is provided, I'm trying to understand what that means to that individual and how it applies to what have what do you see and how can I overcome that? That's that's been one thing that because initially when things are said, I'm like, God, I don't think I'm doing that. But if they see it, I need to understand that. So for me, the lessons learned. I've only been in this four months. The lessons learned so far is me trying to ask more questions of what do you, what do you have a current example, something you have seen me do so I can understand perspective because it's so often communicated one way and it means something to them. Like you, we've talked about in previous podcasts, when I said a taskmaster, you thought that was negative. Yeah. Right. Yeah. When you asked me, well, tell me more. And I explained it. You're like, okay, now it wasn't the same as you initially perceived it. Right. I thought of it as a positive you were thinking of it as a negative, but we came together with understanding because you were curious and gained knowledge from me that helped us understand each other better. That's when I'm learning now to navigate, um, still trying to navigate in, um, for me, the journey, and I've talked to you about it, is just staying true to myself. I need to, I know what works for me. Um I know I've been successful in leading people for more than 20 years very well. I've gained a lot of trust. I'm huge on relationships. Um, but now I need to I need to consider other perspectives that are giving me feedback on elevating, elevating myself and elevating my leadership even further. I have to listen to that. But balance staying true to myself. It may not be the way they would have done it but I need to consider their perspective because that can only become better. Cause first I want to do well by them. I mean, these are my leaders. These are people yeah. around me, 
Um, yeah, and you're definitely in 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 every positive way a people pleaser. Yes, you, you, I want you, I want to make want them these, proud. I yeah, love this city. Yeah, absolutely. And it comes um, through, and it's pride for myself. I want to do a good job. You know me. I want to influence and make an impact. Period. Yep. For the positive, not a negative impact. <laughs> I right. want to make a positive impact. Right. So those are really key things for me that are important. But often we beat ourselves up, which, you know, in the moment I was thinking, oh, my gosh, what have I done? And there may be something in the background I unintentionally have impacted somebody. And I'm a realist to acknowledge that could be the case. I also know my heart absolutely unintended. Right. If, mm-hmm. if that did occur and they don't have to tell me um, we don't want any, that for anybody. But I know in my heart um I'm trying to lead well, and this is new territory for me. So you know what? I'm forgiving myself. I'm learning. I have to acknowledge that I'm learning, and I'm going to take that feedback and try to become better through it um, because I believe that I believe those around me. I know Cheryl wants that for me. I know Bill wants that for me. I know Megan is a, a deputy city manager. They all I believe have my best interest at heart. So why wouldn't I listen to that and try to improve, but also stay aligned with my true self. I'm genuine. I'm caring. I love my people. Um, and it's trying to balance all of that to be continue my growth as a leader long-term and do the best that I can for this city. And also eager to learn new and different things uh, that they're providing me opportunities to do. So I'm going to, you know, just take this on wholeheartedly and move on down the road and do a great job and still uh, still try to be a great leader to those that I have under me at this point. Well, that whole being true to yourself. Uh, yeah. I want, I want to dovetail onto that, especially during times like this, during times of big flux and big change and big shakeup and uh, pitches that we've never seen before kind of a thing. And to me, it's less about, I don't know, it's it's less about some self-centered kind of a notion of being true to oneself. And to me, it's more of personal conviction. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. non-negotiable standards that you hold to yourself. It still is this worldview that we hold. You and I share in common the worldview that people, by and large, want to get up in the morning and do good work. Does that mean everybody does? It does not. There are exceptions. There are ne'er-do-wells. There are sloths in every organization. But by and large, I believe that to be true. Mm-hmm. And everything that I do is going to be based on that assumption, if you please. And I have been able to prove through decades of, of my work, it's true. It's just true. So when Lisa talks about that, being true to oneself, I think it's, yes, she's a processor. So she's got to be true to that. She could wish she were something different, but wishing ain't going to make it so. Mm-mm. I mean, I could wish that I had a capacity for math and science, but it ain't happening. <laughs> so, you know, there is that. Me, on the other hand, I am not a processor. I am uh, I'm intuitive. I'm ridiculously intuitive, but I am quite fixated on evidence. And so people could think, well, intuitive, then, you know, highly emotional, uh, emotions are a big part of it. 
And I resent and would challenge the fact that, oh, well, you know, he or she is making decisions based on emotion. Well, 100% of us are, unless you're a sociopath. Mm -hmm. uh, you just are because it, it's it's the human condition, and it's great. It's great that we're able to feel sadness. It's great that we're able to cry. It's great that we're able to laugh like crazy. It's great that we're able to smile and enjoy somebody else's success or our own. All of those are great. And you take emotions out of our lives, and we don't have any of that. We lose all of that. Without sadness, there is no happiness. So there is that. But I'm, I'm intuitive, and for me, I've learned to lean into the evidence and one thing that Lisa and I have talked about uh, with some of her, her changes and even my own is, okay, well, what is the evidence showing us? And so in times of big flux and whatnot, we can tend to be a little bit too self-focused. Let's, I mean, come on, let's face the reality. Grand Prairie, Texas is not making a bunch of big moves thinking, okay, we need to, Lisa's at the focal point of this. No, Lisa's not at the focal point of this. The city is at the focal point of this. City council is at the focal point of this. Pleasing these elected officials who are representing the, the, the whole city. There's a lot of constituents here. But it's easy in that moment for us to personalize all of this. Internalize it. And quite frankly, in, in most cases, the evidence doesn't support that. It just doesn't support that. So I balance my intuition with evidence. And in those moments, so mine is a personal thing that has had some professional ramifications for sure, just because of the geography. So my mother falls in the home once, twice, three times, ends up in the hospital. She's got all kinds of, of health issues and needs professional nursing care, which neither my sister or I are qualified to give and has been basically in, in a, in a hospital or a rehab hospital of some sort ever since, you know, for the last number of weeks. Meanwhile, hundred year old father is now at home. They lived in their own house. My sister tended to them. I don't want to paint a picture of a 91 year old and a hundred year old man that are completely independent need no, no people are tending to them, but they don't need somebody living with them. They don't need, so they didn't need that until they did or until she did. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, the sad reality is you've got a couple that's been married 73 years and all they've known is being together. And you know, she's, she's in a health condition that he isn't. Okay. So, you know, we haven't navigated these waters. My sister is six years older than me. Uh, we haven't navigated having a 91 year old mother and a 100 year old father, but here we are. And she and her husband are retired. Ron and I are not retired, but you know, people assume that the minute you collect social security, you're, Oh, you're retired. How are you enjoying retirement? I'm like, no, you don't get it. I'm just <laughs> collecting some money that I paid all through the years. I'm still working. That you paid but, 67 years to yeah, get. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Make no mistake about it. You know, I'm, I'm still working, but, and then there's these life challenges as you well know, cause you've, you're ahead of me. And so mm -hmm. you've been somewhat of a source for me of strength and example and insight of just navigating this world of 
And there are a ton of us. There are a ton of us. I mean, I read the other day, if, if, if it's true, more people this year are going to turn 65 than ever before. And so I, I'm in a big population of adult kids whose parents are getting older, but until you've navigated it, you haven't navigated it. And I've, we've never navigated this. And you can say, I would have, should have, could have until you're there. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You know, and so, and you talk about something that's highly personal Mm -hmm. and, and could be highly charged with energy. And, you know, I think first and foremost, as adult kids, we're, we're just faced with this challenge of, okay, what are we going to do now? I'm not making any judgments. There are adult kids out there that it's their problem. my sister and I, that's not our conviction. That's not our, our point of view. I'm not going to judge yours, but my point of view is they're our responsibility. Uh, we, we owe these people, these people, we were once their responsibility and, and it's payback time. Mm-hmm. Um, that's our viewpoint. And so we operate from that, from that viewpoint, you know, for me, it's not, if I were just going to sit and focus on myself or if I was just going to sit and focus on me and Rhonda, uh, it just wouldn't work. It wouldn't work. We have defined leadership. One component of it is doing for others what they can't do for themselves. Well, if this doesn't fit that bill, I don't know what does. Mm-hmm. You've been there. You've done it. Well, up and to you've, an, up it, to and an because of the passing of your father and, yep. and now, you know, with your mom, um, well, and you're in that boat now with your mother going into the rehab. Your sister had surgery, so it could not take care of her. You've now, in a matter of a month, moved your dad in with you in Arkansas. And now you just moved out of an apartment this yeah. week that yeah. you were having two places to live. Yeah, You've not navigated that either. No. Oh, no. This is, uh, listen, I've been, I've been in uncharted <laughs> water for <laughs> I have been in uncharted water for two years. Well, I've been in uncharted water for at least five years. Yeah. You and I have been handling both of the, just, just life in private and work has just monumentally changed for both of us. I believe. Don't you agree? I agree. In the last two years, we are navigating life and work in ways we've never had to navigate before. Many of you listening had that started with COVID. Yeah. All of us were impacted, private, public, the nation. That's where it started. And then it's just continued from there because that's what created, that was the initial onset of my mom's issues. Right. Right. And I can that's, say, I can say this for our audience and you don't have to trust me on it, but what you see here with me and with Lisa is what you get. I mean, this is, this is not, we don't hit record. We are, we are both fairly incapable of fronting very well, you know, <laughs> uh, we yeah, are genuine but, souls. What you yeah, see is I what mean, you this, get. We, yeah, it's not going to change. No, this is, this is the real deal. This is, this is who we are. Now we're not going to come here and air out all of our grievances or, you know, our, our problems, but I do want everybody in the audience to know, because I know everybody out there has got their own stuff. Sure. We've all got bags and bags and bags of challenges and problems and, and hurdles. I just want to be a voice of optimism and tell you, you, you can do this. You yes. can do this. There's a lot of us that are in hot water and we're finding, you know, sometimes a little hot water 
is just what we need. That's and right. I do think for me there, we need to build in some time for ourselves. There, there has to be some respite. All of the turmoil and all of the seeming chaos and the stuff that we are, that we're trying to figure out, especially when we're trying to figure out for the first time we do need, I need, I'll speak for myself. I need some time to just step back and disconnect from it. It may not be long and sometimes I may need a little longer. Um, so we drive over here for five hours. We, you know, we load up, we pack, we load up, we drive over here, we unload. And now I'm just so tired. I can't see straight. And I told Ron, I said, okay, we're going to get, we're going to get the boxes in the rooms where they mostly go. Otherwise we're having to move this twice, you know, cause I don't know how people move. I have moved. You did it with Don and I did. We put it, I label it kitchen yeah. master. Moved, yeah. We have, <laughs> we have moved. I have moved a whole lot. Yeah. And so we've got it. And now we haven't done it in the last 25 years. We did it all. We, we probably had all of our moves done by the time we were in our forties, mid forties, mm -hmm. but we did a lot of it before that. Mm -hmm. And so we've learned a thing or three about it and we strategized about it. And then it started, the house went from being kind of neat and buttoned up, but see, we got, we had stuff here and we had stuff in an apartment. So you got a bunch of duplicates. I mean, I got two, you know, those old cedar mop, mop systems, mm -hmm. by the way, they don't sponsor the show, but you should, because these are great. These are terrific. <laughs> these are terrific mopping systems. If you've not seen these things where you can spin the water out of the thing. Okay. Uh -huh. Well, we have one here and one there yeah. vacuum cleaner. Got one there. Got one here. It's that kind of stuff that normally normal people don't have. I might and, need a vacuum cleaner. Ours just broke at my mom's. So if it's for sale, I, I will definitely buy it off the marketplace. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's just navigating some of that stuff. We've, I've never, I've never maintained, you know, basically two, two residences ever in my life. And I told Rhonda, I said, I don't, I don't know how wealthy you'd have to be. You'd have to be at least a billionaire. Cause you'd, you'd have to, you just have to have full-time staff hired somewhere. I mean, I can't imagine people doing that because they just wanted to, but yeah. it is what it is. My point is, listen, we all, we all do what we have to do and you, you will figure it out. Here's what I know to be true. You won't figure it out. If you lose heart, you won't figure it out. If you lose confidence, you won't figure it out. If you lose patience, you won't figure it out. If you think that it's all centered around you, if Lisa sat there and thought that CMO and city's making a decision and, and she's just at the focal newsflash, she's, she's not the headline here and newsflash for all of us. You're not the headline. I'm the headline only in my own life. The world didn't conspire to put Lisa as a daughter in the situation that she was in with her parents. The world didn't conspire to put me in its life. Mm -hmm. It's life. And so what are we going to make of it? What are, and we I would gonna, add, what are we going to do with it? I would and, add to that. You know, as you look at it, Randy, like you said, it's not about you. It's not life is going to deal us continually challenges. It, and I, I'm saying life because life is personal and work. Life is life. They interchange. They interconnect. You cannot have one without the other. You can't leave one at home. 
and one at the doorstep when you walk out at work. It just doesn't work that way. They're intertwined. So the challenge that I see along with that is if you are going to blame others, if you have a change and you feel like, well, that's because they did this or this person did this or they don't like me or, you know, it's because of this and you don't take ownership, you will have more difficulties than you need. You're making it so much harder on yourself. You need to recognize, in my opinion, look at things as an opportunity and see what you have control over. I have, I don't have control of the decision. Like we said earlier, I don't, if it doesn't matter if I agree with it, disagree with it, the decision's been made, move on down the road and figure out what you're in control of right now. I'm in control of three departments and now leases and guess what? And whatever they decide tomorrow, next week, next year, I am eager to learn and help. If they see I can help with that, if they see where that's where I'm needed, that's where I'm needed. Um, my goal is to instill the relationships continue. My goal is to instill trust in my team and get their support and do what I can to support their teams. Um, you have you have the ability to control you, your response, your reaction, your perspective, and how you manage you and your team. That's what's important, and that's what will make a difference and influence others to be better than they are with Grow Great. Thanks for watching and listening to Grow Great, the City Government Leadership Podcast. For Lisa Norris, I'm Randy Cantrell. Be well, do good, grow great. The website is growgreat.com.